0: Hello and a very warm welcome from wherever you are, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope, and the program is The New Life Program with me, Nixon Ratemo. Do stay tuned for a great show. Thank you for listening. Today on the Family Life segment, Lydia Cheng joins us to tell us more on Yelling Shuts Down Reason. Thereafter, Ian Muse will be coming on on the Bible segment. But before we do that, let's first get the song, God is Happy. Sit tight and enjoy.
1: God is happy, so happy, with a happy home. Joyous, happy Where you go, you do, let people see the letter from God. We the
0: Welcome back, my dear listener. You are listening to the New Life Program, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, And this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. And now, on the Family Life segment, Lydia Cheng joins us with more on Yelling Shuts Down Reason. Stay tuned. (music)
2: Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Aching. Today's topic is yelling shuts down reason. When you yell at someone, there's a part of the brain that shuts down. It's the part of the brain that houses how we reason through a situation. Did you hear that right? Yes. It's been proven scientifically that when yelling starts, there is a part of the brain that goes offline much like a computer goes offline when its circuits become overloaded. That proves all the more how true it is when the Bible says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. That's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. In other words, a fool yells, shutting off all reason, but a wise person stops, listens, and is then able to better reason. Dr. Dan Siegel, who is an Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at the UCLA School of Medicine and author of the book The Mindful Brain, talked about this on a Dr. Phil television program. He told Dr. Phil McGraw that there is a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex that allows us to think and pose before we act. It's what makes us human. It lets us think and plan and actually look at other people and think about what's going on inside of them. It houses our reasoning centers. Dr. Sigel then points to a diagram of the brain and says, this is where the more animalistic brain is centered. In general, our higher human brain controls that. But if we get really upset, if these emotional centers are getting active, it will literally shut that off And this won't be functioning. What do you think life would be like if we tried to talk to each other just from an animal brain? Dr. Phil added, When you start yelling, these other centers become pervasive. They grow and take control, and so all reasoning stops. Now it's animalistic. Attack, fight, flight, survive, and that's not a problem-solving mood. Dr. Phil then addresses Dr. Sigel. You talk in your book about the fact that if you're going to live consistent with the principles of the mindful brain, you've got to stop reacting and start reflecting and looking for something called attunement. Dr. Sigel explains that when a person stops before he or she acts or speaks, it gives them the opportunity to reflect and then better tune into what the other person is trying to communicate. In essence, what this means is that when you're being yelled at, The reasoning stops, and the more animalistic part of the brain takes over, along with fear and frustration, and you react rather than think things through in a rational way. I'm reminded of a proverb that speaks of this concept, which says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. We may think that when we yell, we're getting our point across in a stronger way. Yelling may make sense to us and may seem to be the only way that will get our spouse to grab onto the gravity of what we're saying. But in the end, it really leads to death of the conversation going in a productive direction and can eventually lead to the death of the relationship if contempt enters in. It shuts down reason and ushers in chaos and frustration in the other spouse to try to defend rather than listen. It proves all the more that he who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. That's in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. We may rationalize that this is the only way I can get them to listen to me when I yell. And it may seem to be effective, although I wonder if we reduce ourselves to a lower level when we do this and if our spouse really listened or if instead they stop talking because of your reaction. But for more of us, I believe, that the Lord would rather have us find ways to act wisely and use all the parts of our brains and allow others to do the same, to come to a more peaceable solution. God tells us in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless, forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you that's in ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 to 31 as you've heard all of this please consider what you're doing when you yell at your spouse i know it's tempting to yell when you're frustrated angry hard confused and don't know what else to do i've been there both steve and i have done that much to our shame But when I found myself getting heated beyond reason, when Steve confronts me with something I don't like or want to accept, and when I've told him that we need to take a break for a time so I can compose my thoughts because our discussion is going in an unhealthy direction, I've never been sorry. Eventually, we come back together in a more reasonable way and work out a solution that is satisfying for both of us. I realize that not all of you have a spouse who will allow this type of break to occur. And for that, I am so sorry. I encourage you to ask God as persistently as you have to, to give you guidance as to how to get through this situation in the most peaceable way that is possible. We're told in God's word, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18. That doesn't mean that you just let them run over you with their words, but that you look for healthier ways to resolve things to the best of your ability. I also realize that some of you have allowed yourself to give into the habit of lowering your impulse control and have yelled when you knew you shouldn't. Again, my heart goes out to you. I've done the same and deeply regret it. But I also know that God will show us a way of escape from even our own impulses when we sincerely pursue his help. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. I pray this gives you food for thought. Please work to find ways not to yell at each other shutting down the parts of the brain that helps reason to come through. We found it to be freeing and helpful to our marriage to work through this issue in our lives. We hope you will also. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Nixon Ratemo, coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop us your views, comments, or questions about the show, you can do so through writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00 100 100 Nairobi Kenya or email us at awrnairob@eku.advertised.org
1: at Zangu <tos> zote wazijua zinazangu zote zimachori poko gani wangu what you ah, wangu uri <tiple> Younger, you could get a book and you want to want to go to you. I am so good, and there is <tries> a kitchen. I am
0: my dear listener thank you for staying tuned right about now ian musa joins us for the bible segment we'll be talking about resist temptations be blessed
3: Greetings, dear listener, in the name of Jesus Christ. Today we are talking about how to resist temptations. I am your presenter, Ian Muse. Welcome. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4 to 6, New King James Version. Temptation is enticement to sin, and this does not proceed from God, but from Satan and from the evil of our own hearts. God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempteth no man. James chapter 1, verse 13, Revised Version. Satan seeks to bring us into temptation, that the evil of our characters may be revealed before men and angels, that he may claim as his own. Many are not doing the greatest amount of good because they exercise the intellect in one direction and neglect to give careful attention to those things for which they think they are not adapted. Some faculties that are weak are thus allowed to lie dormant because the work that should be called them into exercise and consequently give them strength is not pleasant. All the powers of the mind should be exercised. How many? All should be used. Or some dormant? Some are dormant, but all should be used. In other words, when you come to your garden to do some gardening, there are rakes and shovels laying under the thick grass that you can't even see because you haven't used them. We propose to dig our garden without a rake or shovel, and we find it difficult. The difficult doesn't lie in the job itself. It's just that we don't understand the tools that are in the grass. All the powers of the mind should be exercised. All the faculties cultivated. Perception, judgment, memory... And all the reasoning powers should have equal strength in order that minds may be well balanced. The memory is a faculty. Do you use your memory? Is it possible not to use your memory very much? Is it possible to use our memory in the wrong way? If you and I are serious about overcoming temptation, we need to use our memory. Another faculty is your will. You know the stubbornness people have. That drive that gets things done, that pushes people over in the process of getting something done. That thing we do so well in the negative. Is anyone here stubborn? The part of the brain that can do is a tool. It can be used for good. It can be used to resist temptation. We also have the faculty of desire. The desire to do right or wrong. We can have a will, memory and conscience. What about our desires? Do you know your desire is not your will? Have you ever desired to do something that you didn't do? Why? Why didn't you do it? What was missing? The will? Yes. So your desire is a faculty, but it's not your will. We often get confused saying, yes, I will do. Yes, I will to be saved. But that's not our will. That's our desire. There are also another faculty in your mind called judgment and perception. How you view something. Your intelligence hangs heavily upon your perception. You could be very intelligent when it comes to mechanical things, and then you come to human beings which are so complicated and your perception can be wrong. And your intelligence just gets totally baffled with humanity because you don't perceive what you've seen. Perception and judgment are also faculties in our mind. There is also a powerhouse for resisting temptation. Do you know what that is? It's a faculty given to us by God that is definitely not us. Do you know what that is? It is the Holy Spirit. Can the Holy Spirit be in your brain? Yes. Can a devil be in someone's brain? We know people can be devil-possessed. We can have the Holy Spirit. The brain has the capacity to house the Holy Spirit. You will find that overcoming temptation will be easier if these faculties are used correctly than if you don't use them. Now the all-important ingredient is the Holy Spirit because these faculties of our brain are actually crippled and so we need someone to come and reformat our hard drive and to reinstall these great software tools that God has given to us. Those of us... Who possesses this freedom of choice should pray that we will not misuse it by placing ourselves in the clutch of circumstances that may test us beyond our strength. Fire controlled in the stove is great, but it is not very good out of control on the roof. It is better to shun the bait than to struggle in the trap after it has sprung. The fact is that we misjudge our own powers. We don't understand our own strengths and weaknesses. For this reason, no one is justified in deliberately seeking for our testing situation. We have no promise of deliverance under those circumstances. The Bible says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 9 Again, God promises, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10 he is the only one who is qualified to arrange the circumstances of our tests. He will permit to develop around us only that which he sees we are in need of and have the strength to endure. Every one of us has particularly vulnerable points of weaknesses in character. It is also sadly true that there are special moments of time in which we are most liable to be overcome by the enemy. Satan is well acquainted with that very moment when our resistance will be the lowest and he also understands our individual weakness. We can be sure of one thing. His strongest attack against us will come in our weakest moment and at the weakest point in our character. With such an enemy, we can never feel secure in our own strength. We are only as strong as we are in the weakest moment of our life. Our character is only as strong as its weakest link. These facts forever preclude the possibility that we can deliberately and safely expose ourselves to test in order to build character. Temptation always begins in the mind. Every sin has its origin in the thoughts long before it appears as an act of the body. Jesus said, for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness." Wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Mark chapter 7, verse 21-22 to 22. Almost every category of evil is included in this long list of sins which come forth from the heart. Paul described lust as fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3 The Greek text more accurately says, Desires of the thoughts It is very important to understand that desire In itself Is not wrong God has actually placed certain powerful appetites And propensities Within our human nature There is nothing wrong with these drives As long as they are properly controlled And directed This includes ambition Temper, sex And every other basic disposition Wrong comes in only one way When desire oversteps the bounds and seeks gratification outside the will of God, it turns into lust. My friend, there is hope when we are in Christ Jesus. He has promised us the power to resist any temptation that comes on our way. Allow him to lead you, and no temptation will overcome you. Know this. You can resist temptation by depending on Jesus Christ. He is able. Be blessed till we meet again. Amen. Thank you, listener, for your time. I was your presenter, Ian Lysa.
0: Thank you so much for staying tuned throughout the show. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. Please don't forget to send us your views, suggestions, or even ask questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code. 00. 100 nairobi kenya you can also email us at awr nairobi at eku.adventist.org remember this is adventist world radio the voice of hope until we meet later right here i've been your host nixon ratemo stay
1: blessed It is unwanted, what did you learn? It is unwanted, immaturely. The ni could fit a double gunny, one hour. Only unwanted. It could fit a double gunny, one hour. Only unwanted. It is unwanted, what did you learn? It is unwanted, immaturely. Nikuficha jambo gani bwa wangu uri omboze si zamuote wazilu i Mama wa nikuficha jambo gani bwa wangu uri omboze nikuficha jambo gani omboze Ujuaye sabu, ya mi leza kicho cham. ya buki wakanu ya sabari yangu sarama. sabu, ya mi leza kicho cham. ya buki wakanu yangu sarama. Je te veux pardonni Dani, faut kama cho. kama si Il faut a a a I am to for the comatio. See for the issue. We could Mujhe waaste sab ye log kitne channa book karo kal do